What is up, everybody? It's another edition of the PHNX Suns show. He's Gerald. I'm Aspo. We are brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. And Gerald, we thought, oh, no, there's not a lot to talk about. Right. We're going to have to try to fill this show with just the two of us. We'll mailbag it. Mm-hmm. And then this morning, apparently, everything that could have come out uh, decided to come out. Yeah, we've got a lot of exciting news, a lot of trade buzz to talk about, and, of course, a lot of fun mailbag stuff to get into. So we got a full show today. You know, let's just – we're not going to bury the lead. Mm-hmm. You were out there at practice today. Mm-hmm. And the news broke. Uh, you were one of the gentlemen to break said news mm. that Cam Johnson will be back for tomorrow night's game on yes. TNT against the Nets. What what was the feeling out there and, uh, and what can you share with us? Yeah, I think there was obviously excitement that he's coming back. This team badly needs to start getting guys healthy and, and Cam coming back is kind of a morale boost for the group. We only talked to Monty and Cam Johnson, so we didn't get a real sense of how the guys are kind of viewing this, uh, having Cam back, but he's returning after missing 37 games. So that's obviously exciting. He's going to play minuted, limited minutes in his first few games back. Um, And, you know, he, I think they were both a little bit weary answering a lot of questions about this because you could tell that Cam felt guilty about, an injury that's not, you know, it's not his fault. He no. didn't get injured on purpose, but you could tell he felt guilty having to watch this team over the last month or so, have guys go down left and right, watch this team go through its losing streaks and not be able to help. He, he described the feeling of helplessness. Um, so it, it's good that he's back. You know, expectations should be tempered heading into his first game back and over two months. But, you know, he provides shooting. He knows the system. He's a starting caliber player. It's just going to take him a little bit of time to get back into the Cam Johnson that we know. Well, I think that's why uh, our very own Lindsey Smith calls him sweet baby angel because (laughs) the the man cares. Mm -hmm. He he deeply cares about his teammates and his job. So it doesn't shock me that he felt guilty for being out. But I – you talked about the minutes restrictions. I'm not – somebody that's going to sit here and expect big things from Cam Johnson over the first week or two. Mm-hmm. This has been a long time. It's a serious injury that he's coming off of. I It's going to take time for him to ease in. Is that a fair assessment? Is that the feeling you got from Cam too? Yeah, I think so. We asked him what his mindset is. You know, obviously he's been chomping at the bit to come back. Um, and so it's easy to kind of push – want to push through that and contribute and play heavy minutes right away. Um, But they are going to limit his minutes and he's just approaching it as, you know, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to try to contribute to a win. But here's, here's kind of what he had to say at practice today about how he's approaching it and what he was feeling watching this team struggle lately. I've been thinking a lot about that, you know, and, and, one feeling that you can't uh, shake in such situation is a guilty feeling, you know? It's like I, I didn't try for, for an injury to happen or anything like that, but you see guys playing heavy minutes, numbers getting lower and lower, and I'm kind of just sitting there watching it, and, and you feel a, a guilt. So it'll feel nice to get back out there and, and take some of that off my shoulders. But, uh, man, I just, I just want to help. I just want to help the team. I just want to help us be to where we can be, where we have been and where we know we can still be. Yeah, so just wants to help. He wants to get them back to where they were, where they have been, and where they feel that they can be. Um, I love that from Cam. It's going to take a little while. Monty was saying, like, nobody should be expecting him to be the savior in his first couple games back. But this is the first step in getting them back on the road to that continuity that we keep making fun of all the time. Yeah, well, I mean... Anybody is is a good body right now yeah. <laughs> when it comes to the Phoenix Suns, and especially at that position. They were already shorthanded before the beginning of the season due to the Jay Crowder issue. So Cam coming back at least gives them something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's there was also another update of sorts 
CP3 was out there on the court today, right? Yeah, he actually went through practice full bore, as Monty called it. Um, and he said he had a good practice. He's missed the last couple of games with that right hip soreness. Didn't even join them on the road trip um, when it was assumed that he would come back about midway through. So it's a good sign. We saw them playing a little bit of one-on-one cam, Chris Paul, uh, Saban Lee and Dwayne Washington Jr. So they're going to see his status is still uncertain. We should have an update on that later tonight when we get the injury report for tomorrow. Um, but it is a good sign that he practiced fully with no restrictions today. Yeah, when you look at that, you you get CP3 back, you put in, uh, you know, or you get Cam back, you potentially put CP3 back in the fold. All of a sudden, it, it starts to look somewhat like that team at the beginning of the year, and yes, it'll take a little bit of time but to, for them to get back in shape, but it, it gets you back into this conversation. It puts you into games where with the current roster that we've seen over the last few games, you wouldn't really be in a, you know, a, a great position, let's say. Mm. I, I think it's, you know, you can, and I tweeted this earlier and Jay in the chat brought it up, but it is kind of a, a light at the end of the tunnel. You go, Okay, I feel a little bit better because I know we're that much closer to getting back the guys that we lost. Yeah, exactly. It's a couple of lights at the end of the tunnel because obviously Chris Paul will help. Cam Johnson will help. Um, but, of course, you know, Josh Akogi, he's dealing with the nose thing. We weren't clear whether Monty confirmed that he has a broken nose. Uh, we think that that's the case. He was asked if his nose was broken or bruised, and Monty said, "Yeah," and then kind of <laughs> yeah. talked. And then he talked. So he didn't really clarify on that, but he was talking about like his nose is unfortunately as big as mine is now. Um, so his status for Thursday is uncertain. Devin Booker still sounds like he's a ways away. We saw him getting up shots after practice. Um, he's been going through all the non-contact stuff with the Suns in practice, but Monty said he still has boxes to check, which is their go-to phrase. So we'll, we'll see about that. It probably won't be for a while that we get booked back. That is damn good reporting. Josh Akogi, in fact, has a nose right now. So <laughs> he has we, a nose, and it's well, as big as Monty's apparently <laughs> with the swelling. What we got back out of that. Uh, not an easy game tomorrow night as they take on mm -hmm. the Brooklyn Nets. And guess what? It's on national television again. <laughs> so nowhere to hide. Yeah. The world's going to see what Cam Johnson and the Phoenix Suns have to offer. Uh, we'll see. I'm I, I'm not holding my breath for anything uh, beautiful tomorrow night, but at least it's another guy back in the fold. And we'll preview that game tomorrow on the pregame show. Uh, Jared will be out at the arena. I'll be Saul, Lindsay, and myself. But there was other news today uh, on Bickley and Murata on 98.7 FM uh, earlier today, Arizona Sports. Brian Winhort of ESPN joined them and dropped a few nuggets. We'll start with his Matt Ishbia nugget. He said, quote, even if Ishbia isn't 100% affirmed and approved, I think the Ishbia, Ishbia transition, that's easy to say, has <laughs> kind of started to happen. He's going to complete the transaction. The way that I know that is that Robert Sarver has allowed him to come in and meet his people. I think there are more meetings scheduled. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him being Ishbia at a Suns game soon. Yeah, that's very exciting news. Obviously, you want this to be approved as soon as possible so that any reason that you haven't made a trade tracing back to Sarver is no longer on the table. You have a new owner who's probably going to come in, want to be aggressive, want to help get this team headed in the right direction. Because uh, ever since the news was announced that he was taking over is kind of when it started to go downhill with all the injuries and everything. Um, so this would be great news if that is the case. Um, we did see the Suns as before we left practice and they kicked us out. They were setting up chairs for some sort of presentation with a lot of kind of executive people down there. Um, I'm not saying that they, they are related, but it, it does seem like we're getting we're getting close if this is the case. And that's exciting. Yeah. And it would not shock me if maybe that was it. And that's why Brian Windhorse dropped that little nugget. Mm -hmm. uh, and look, this is there's nothing but a positive here. Matt Ishpia, the closer he gets to taking it over, the more decisions he's going to get to make. If it's a foregone conclusion, like mm -hmm. uh, like Windhorst made it sound like, that means that there is hope that a trade could be made here. Uh, and and Windhorst also, in, in this interview, kind of intimated that Ishpia had made hires. Now, supposedly mm -hmm. he kind of backtracked. He's like, I meant the hires that, that he made to acquire the team i i don't buy that i think that was one of those 
I said something I shouldn't have said <laughs> and insinuated, but I'm betting there will be changes on the business side is probably what he's talked about, uh, and it would not shock me if there's other moves to be made there. But I like that it sounds like Ishby is being uh, proactive, going out there with with the mindset of I want to make change, I want to have a positive impact on this franchise from word one. And if there were a game to go out there and show your face, and I'm not, I have no insight, mm-hmm. but it's tomorrow because it's TNT, or it's Saturday because it's the ninety. 90- 293 mm-hmm. reunion one of those two games that's going to make a big splash if matt ishby is out there yeah that would be fantastic to see um again i we don't know the timeline on this sort of thing um but it is good like if wendy is saying that you know even if he spoke out of turn a little bit um got ahead of himself it's good that he's kind of already setting up the pieces across the board so that when he is officially in can just sweep right in with people in place already and not have to go through that process then. Um, so, yeah, hopefully this gets finalized here in the next couple of weeks before the trade deadline. Yeah, and would not shock me if his brother's involved on mm-hmm. on the business side as well. Justin, who's part of this bid. Windhorse dropped another nugget basically mm-hmm. saying it's a fait accompli that Jay Crowder is going to get dealt. Now, I know that doesn't feel like it's such a big deal, (laughs) but we've been mired in this. Can they make a deal? Can't they make a deal? Will they? Won't they? Brian Windhorst seems pretty positive that they will make a deal involving Jay Crowder. Does that make you feel a little bit better? It does. I mean, we've all kind of assumed that it has to happen, but we've also questioned whether it will actually happen in time Um, because at this point in time, it's felt like either James Jones hasn't been able to get a deal done or he's been held back by that whole Sarver approval footnote. Um, so it's it's been difficult. But if they're able to get something done, bring in literally anyone that can help them as they go through this rough stretch, that would be a positive. Um, again, I will believe it when I see it, but I am trusting Wendy's reporting and hopefully they'll be able to get something done as trade activity heats up in the next few weeks. Hey, Emma, do you have our sounder about expectations? Can you hit that for me? Uh, maybe not. Oh, Emma, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing things at Emma on the fly. That's right. When it comes to a Jay Crowder trade, make sure you have lowered expectations. Oh, I am not expecting a big return unless they're packaging it uh, with with other pieces and other uh, other assets to get something bigger in return. But we will talk about Bobby Mark's thoughts on that a little while later in the program. But I want to tell you about our friends at Four Peaks. I never lower my expectations mm-hmm. when it comes to Four Peaks. If you have a Four Peak beer, it is something that you will enjoy thoroughly. I guarantee it. Uh, and and I, I don't guarantee a lot, but I will guarantee that <laughs> in this life, that you will enjoy a Four Peaks beer. My favorite is the Peach Ale. Okay, I think it's one of the best. I also love the, the Wow Wheat Joy Bus, which uh, they had their uh, Joy Bus out mm. there at our tea party the other day, and uh, I really I really love it. What's your favorite uh, when it comes to Four Peaks? I mean, my go-to is the Sun Brew, but their seasonal pumpkin pork Porter is oh. it can't be topped. Oh, did I you wish try it was the double a year pumpkin round. porter. No, I have. I don't oh, think I've tried that yet. That was in our in our advent calendar. Beer. Oh yeah, uh, and the seasonal pack. It was. Yeah, oh, just, I might have uh, to give that a try. Just, just special. So they also have a few new ones. If uh, if you didn't know that, they do. Uh, yeah, Gerald. They have the recreational juice dank IPA. I'm told that is a uh, marijuana reference. Oh, uh, as okay. I, I'm told Interesting. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it has been confirmed by Sean DePaz that that is. <laughs> uh, and then the staycation super juicy IPA. Okay, which is fun. And if you want to try any of them out, last Wednesdays are back. So join the PHNX crew. At the A Street Pub next Wednesday, January 25th, as all of our shows are live and in person throughout the day starting at 11 Mm a.m. And you can enjoy $3 beer specials. So come out, say hi, have a beer, have some chicken tendies, and enjoy (laughs) it. There won't be any football on, but if you're interested in football and playoff football, you can bet on that with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So many, so many great matchups coming up in -hmm. the divisional round. And if you're feeling a little saucy, you can get in there and make a little dough off of it. And I'm going to steal Sean DePaz's uh, pick of the week. Uh, I think you got to look at Danny Dimes 
mm-hmm. and take the over on rushing yards. I think yeah. that he was unbelievable in that first round. I think he's going to surprise some people. And I think it's some easy money for you. So that's your DraftKings pick of the week. Take Danny, Danny Dimes and the over on rushing yards, regardless of what they set it at, unless it's like <laughs> 100 and then probably take the under. Uh, I'm not going to go that crazy. <laughs> With it, and I want to remind you, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout uh, with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'm not a math guy, Gerald. You are. A hundred percent is pretty big number. Yeah, that's it? all of it. Uh, that is. <laughs> sources can confirm a hundred percent is all of it. That is true. Uh, and so, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that code. PHNX, new customers can bet $5 on an NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. <laughs> oh, no. We've got a somebody, runaway mic somebody's here. Somebody's clowning with me. Uh, some, uh, somebody, somebody's clowning with you. Uh, I, don't, I don't know who it is. Uh, there could be Ugh. somebody just sitting down randomly hmm. on our set. You never know who's going to just show up. This guy, uh, for those of you that don't know and can't recognize, you're not Suns fans. This is Jock Landero. Jock, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Hey, I'll, I'll better readjust mine now. Yeah. I'm good. How are you? How are uh, I'm you? good. Are you going to call me a clown live on air, too? Hold on. All right. Cool. <laughs> See? We're back. cool, Internet. Jock and I are cool. How are you, man? You good? Going well. Yeah. Going well. Uh, I miss our Twitter interactions. I do. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. You know, I, I've eased off Twitter a little bit. But so I'll have give, I. I'll, I'll give you some crap. I got lost in the whole Elon yeah, situation. So, I was same like, man, that's, that's At least we didn't lose billions, though. So good to be back. In Great Phoenix. Great Looking forward to tomorrow. Oh my god! Yeah, I feel like it's been like six weeks since we played at home, so mm-hmm. it's uh, we're we're all looking forward to a, a serious home stretch yeah. here. I would say fans yeah. are looking forward to you being in the building and Cam being back. So it should be a good game. Yeah, I'm excited for Cam. We we've been talking about it for a while. I know that he's uh, he's been pumped for a while uh, to <laughs> why, get back. Why is my host sliding in here? Um, I have some really important. <laughs> We have some really important things to do with Jock, so we got to steal them back. Sorry. Oh, okay. Come on, Jock. Jock, always, always a pleasure. Good to see you. Good Jock to see you, Jock. You never know who's going to stop in on this studio and just steal my mic in the middle of an ad. Here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not giving you any of the Landell Landings profits. That's right, Jock. Now you're going to say, no. now I'm off the mark. Yeah, yeah. Now, there we go. That is uh, Jock Lendell stopping by. Mm-hmm. See, look at that. Always good to see. Just you. fun. And uh, Sean, Sean DePaz with the uh, with the assist on the camera work. Mm-hmm. Always tough when an almost seven footer slides in, yeah. uh, randomly into your shot. So Not good easy. work by Emma and Sean. I'm going to tell you about OGs too. Yeah, uh, I got props today. I don't know whose this is, but. Uh, I got some OG's gummies right next to me, and there you go. Uh, I, I may partake. Uh, <laughs> I may partake here shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love, I love the flavors that that they bring to the table. Uh, none of them are spicy like Jock, and we don't have any Vegemite yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe there'll be Vegemite eventually, but uh, you can really enjoy those. I love all the flavors uh, that they have, and their newest strawberries and cream, which is a CBD THC one to one ratio gummy, is coming out, and I. Uh, I was talking to the people at our from OGs out at our tea party about this because I was like, "What? What is it? Explain it to me." Mm. You know, I, I've, I'm kind of curious. I, I've partaken now, right? But I want to know more about about it. And they said this is good to take the edge off of uh, if you get a little nervous with that sure. uh, with that sativa, and and, and it, it gives you a little nerves. This takes the edge off, mm. so you can get that energy, but you don't have to deal with the with the anxiety so it's great so make sure you check it out it's hitting the shelves soon and as always you can find it at your local dispensary remember you must be 21 or over uh to enjoy and partake just like with our friends over four <laughs> peaks you got to be 21 or older jock totally just threw me off well, you needed on one that. of those like, <laughs> those ogs to take the edge the, off <laughs> i think everybody was worried that he was coming to confront me guess what jock and i like each other <laughs> he just, he just said in. he wants more twitter interaction so there's that he just stormed into the building months later to <laughs> confront <laughs> i called you a clown and now it's time to pay the piper esposito nah so uh we were talking about potential deals and this one sure. came up today bobby marks had his uh, western conference trade guide yes. that came out and uh what this amounts to is 
what a, what kind of trades could happen and you know what a teams have to offer and the main one that he listed with the Suns is one that finds Jay Crowder who we're all ready to to get rid of <laughs> at this point going to Milwaukee which I lived in Milwaukee good people the city kind of sucks so uh, I'm okay <laughs> with sending Jay there mm. not all the city sucks yeah. it's just it's cold right now it's very cold is what I mean yeah. the city's fun it's the weather's awful mm-hmm. uh, and then Pat Connaughton <laughs> would come back and Jordan I can never pronounce this name Nora Nora. Nora. Yep. Uh, so the end isn't silent. You just have to go Nora. Yeah, Nora. Uh, <laughs> this feels like one of those deals that you make just to say you made a, a move with Jay Crowder. Is that? This is, yeah, this is literally, we couldn't do anything else. So we need bodies that can actually play. Um, and so we got Pat Connaughton and Jordan Wara. Um, you know, neither is a bad player. Like Connaughton, I was surprised. I didn't realize he's already 30 years old. Um, I thought he was a little bit younger than that. Well, which but, isn't good when your game was predicated on athleticism. Yeah, and he hasn't – he's missed a good amount of games, I think, due to injury this season. He's averaging eight points, four rebounds, uh, shooting 36% overall and 32% from three. Are which is that's not good? It's very not good <laughs> considering he shot 46% overall and 40% from three the year before. So clearly hampered by whatever's going on over there. Uh, Jordan Warris, he's a six foot eight kind of forward guy, averaging six points and shooting 41% from three. So that's nice. But like, this is literally just, we had to get something out of Jay Crowder. So this is what we did. And we sent him to a Bucks team that is now better. Um, I, I, I'm not a fan of that trade. Yeah, I'd rather, if you're going to, if you're going to do that and you're going to have to swallow the pill, just give me freaking Grayson Allen at this point. <laughs> at least, at least, you know, he's willing to go hack somebody in the playoffs. Like, oh boy. this just feels like, Hey, we're going to kill a few roster spots for the reason of killing a few roster spots. Here. I mean, you thought people hated the Suns before. Wait till Grayson Allen is donning the purple and orange and... Hey. It's over. I have a theory. All right, I'm gonna get into this. Oh, uh, is this a is this a tinfoil hat club? No, it's, making, it's not. It's okay. not tinfoil hat club. Okay. It, it's verging on it, but okay. I actually think because of the rise of Memphis play, uh, interacting with the league the way they mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. with the fact that the Suns have been injured, we may see a softening of the approach to the Suns if okay. they come in as potentially the underdog trying to trying to pull an upset in the playoffs. I I think being at the at the front of the pack makes them easy to hate. Mm-hmm. Being an 8th seed may make them easy to kind of jump on board with or easier. So to we're jump on we're going with. back to our 2020 roots before people hated us of being the underdog that's taking people by surprise. Yeah, unless they trade for Grayson Allen, then that's out the window. Yeah, I think the Grizzlies have definitely helped with all this shit talking that they're doing for sure. Yeah. But Jaws just like too likable. I don't know. Is, is he? He said to Saban Lee, he can't guard me. The dude's on a 10-day. The definition of he can't I mean, guard me is a dude on a 10-day. I, I mean, mean? I, I was laughing at that because, yes, I also thought that was an odd target. But also, like, people aren't – other people – we're the only ones that were upset by that, I think. I'm not upset by it, but yeah. I'm saying <laughs> – That took offense to it I or mean, thought like, it was corny or I'm whatever. like, hey, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. what, do you, what do you want? The sun's – 15th guy to be able to guard you. I yeah. mean, Jaws, Jaws just jawing to, to Jaws. Jawing. Uh, <laughs> uh, another one that that Bobby Marks mentioned, though, piqued my interest. It was mm-hmm. in the Rockets section of things. But they said KJ – he said KJ Martin for th- uh, this year's first as long as it's top 14 protected. And if it doesn't convert this year, it becomes two second rounders. That's speaking my language. I mean, that's an amazing trade. It's never going to happen. Like, why not? Because <laughs> you're not getting you're not getting KJ Martin for a lottery protected first rounder this year. Like, it's no. Who do you think you are, John Gambadoro, telling so- me trades can't <laughs> Sorry, happen? Sorry, I'm just. Are saying, you the freaking Reaper now? I'm just saying. I feel like KJ Martin is closer to getting an extension with the Rockets than he is to being traded by the Rockets, especially for a lottery protected first. Um, even in a draft like this, where if the Suns make the playoffs and their pick is like in the 15 to 20 range, it's still valuable. I don't know. I, I think they like Martin. So I, 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 I like him too. I, I would love to see his fit on the Suns. He's a young athletic player. He's got room to grow. Um, but I, I don't see Houston giving him up for that. 
I say this lovingly, but screw you, Gerald. Don't kill my dreams. I'm sorry. That was the first one I went, <laughs> you're giving up just a pick well, and it's protected and I get a guy I like? That's Finally, somebody's speaking my language. That's usually an indicator of if everybody in the fan base loves that trade, it's probably not a fair trade. No, there were some people <laughs> like, you don't trade that pick, even if it's protected top 14. Okay, that's so. weird. If it's not a lottery pick, like... <laughs> Are we are we okay. trusting this front office to like nail their selections late in the first round? I'm not. I think I, I think people that were looking at that were also the people saying Matt Ishbia is bringing in X, Y, and Z and mm. Sam Presti mm-hmm. and all that, which okay. I'm not holding my breath on any of that changing. So that would be fantastic, but we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> any any other uh, any other thoughts when it comes to? The trades. I know we have a few questions in the mailbag, but was there mm-hmm. anything that stood out to you that you saw either with Presti or, or excuse me, not Presti, Bobby Marks, and anything else uh, going on out there? Not really. And I've kind of been taking the last couple of days collecting my thoughts on all the rumors <laughs> that we're getting because we're hearing out of Washington the Wizards really want to keep Kyle Kuzma now but and re-sign him. Hachimura maybe. Hachimura may be available. Like there's, we're I'm going to be putting together a trade deadline primer going through all the potential trades and targets this team could be looking at. Um, a lot of them are names we've discussed before. A lot of them are names that I've written about at length before. Um, but it feels like it's been a while since we've really dived into that. So we'll be having more on that here soon. For the time being, we just take every new rumor as it comes and we wait, what is it, three more weeks about until the trade deadline. Yeah, almost exactly tomorrow, three weeks from tomorrow, I believe. With our fingers crossed uh, that they can do something. Tomorrow being Thursday to those of yes. you who aren't listening when, yeah. on the day we record this. Uh, Steven in the chat says, gamble is a myth. It's been Gerald this whole time. <laughs> uh, do I, you wouldn't, pro- you I wouldn't go your that far. Own, so it's probably not. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we had a fun fun segment here. We thought, hey, there's not going to be much. We got we got to go to the people. We got to answer the people's questions. Yes. Well, we had a lot to cover, mm-hmm. but now it's time to get to you, mm-hmm. the diehards, the fans, the people. We've got a mailbag Wednesday for you. Let's go. <laughs> we go to you, the people. Wait, <laughs> Can we hit it one more time? Mailbag Wednesday. That's the wrong graphic. <laughs> I was having a day here. It's, it's Mailbag Monday on a Wednesday. Just hit the hit the sounder again for me. Mail, motherfucker. That's right. It's a Mailbag we Wednesday. Uh, so let's let's answer some questions. I don't know if they'll show up on the screen. We'll find out. But luckily, I have them here on on the tablet to read for you, the fine people. And our first mailbag Wednesday question or Monday, whatever you want, uh, it comes from it comes from our our friend Joe Garibay fourteen on Twitter. Hey, look at that! It is on the screen uh, for those those of you that were listening uh it, we cued the graphic it didn't come up and then it said mailbag monday it is of course a wednesday we had the wednesday graphic so joe joe wants to know we're at the half point way basically what grade would you give each player and coach on how they've handled this season what trades do you see happening if any uh so i'll start with the grades and okay. i didn't go through and grade every single player oh i did uh i knew you would <laughs> that's why i didn't right we needed to save some time sure i'm gonna give any of these six guys that have been injured for a significant amount of time mm-hmm. an incomplete okay i can't tell you what cam johnson is mm-hmm. i can't tell you what devin booker is mm-hmm. chris paul i don't know if he was out of shape uh, and then tried to get in shape and then got hurt i don't know i need to see it see those guys for a more significant amount of time okay da and mikhail get a c maximum mm-hmm. and the bench I'm giving all the bench guys uh, a B plus because they had to come in and do things that are not expected of them, and they've done admirably. Uh, if you want more analysis than that, Joe, uh, tweet at me. I will give you a full breakdown on everybody <laughs> if necessary, but I think that's kind of where I sit. Okay. Gerald, you give your breakdown, though. Yeah, uh, so we'll start at the top. Devin Booker, A+. Obviously, he was a borderline MVP candidate, and since they've been without him, the team has basically gone to shit. And part of it, other injuries, obviously, we can't ignore that. Um, but he was clearly this, the straw that stirs the drink. Uh, DA, giving him a C-. minus. He has not met my expectations on either side of the ball. Um, you know, we've wondered what an offense would look like if it was run through him. 
we've kind of seen the results the last few weeks. Uh, Mikael Bridges, C+, plus, again, disappointed. Um, you know, maybe people were unfairly expecting him to be the number two option. I was expecting that he would take a step up with Booker out. That hasn't happened, um, but he is logging a ton of minutes. He's grown as a playmaker, so the slightly higher grade reflects that. Chris Paul, C+, plus, taking a step off the ball but and is shooting well, but clearly not the Chris Paul that we, you know, last year it would have been an A. This year it's a C plus. That's Man, where we're at. A C plus is a 38 year old's A. So I'm yeah, gonna... exactly. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> well, an I'm 39 and I'm lucky if I get to yeah. a C at this point. So. Um, Cam Johnson, I also gave him an incomplete. I would say he was at a B or a B minus before mm-hmm. he went out, but we just can't judge him after missing 37 straight games. Damian Lee, B plus. He's either leading the league or in the top three in three point percentage, and he's been great in limited yeah. minutes. Campaign to see the availability hurts there. Um, Josh Akogi, a B minus. He's given good minutes off the bench. He's not a huge difference maker, but he's helped. Uh, Jock Landale, give him a C plus. Bismack, Quick, a go C. Get, go get Jock. Don't, we tell don't him. get Jock. Jock, Gerald gave you a C plus. I think, I think the, the two backup bigs are in that C, C plus range. Like they've been good, not great. Um, Tory Craig, B minus, Landry Shamit, C minus, Dario Sharj, C minus, Ish Wainwright, C plus, Dwayne Washington Jr., C, Saban Lee, C plus, and then Monty Williams. This is the interesting well, one. Saban Lee is C plus. Yes, uh, uh, he's uh, been good. <laughs> he's been legit for a guy on a 10 day. Uh, expectations are right, everything. I gotta true. give him a C that's plus. True. Um, Monty Williams, this is my interesting one. I'm gonna give him a B minus so far this season. I think a lot of people have had a lot to say about his rotations and, you know, minutes for Dwayne and how they're using DA. And to that, I say, like, look at the rotations. Look at who they have available. I I really can't judge him. I I think there are definitely areas where he still needs to improve, and we've talked about a lot of those, Um, but I'm going B-. minus. Masab says, snitches get stitches, Espo. Uh, (laughs) I just need Jock off my back, so I figured I'd uh, I'd do that. Yeah. Monty, I didn't give Monty a grade. I'd give him a C. Okay. Uh, I don't think the handling of the DA stuff early on did anybody any favors. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you just say, yeah, we're handling it, like saying you didn't talk, all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, rotations have been have been questionable, but they are limited in that. Uh, and But I haven't seen the growth that I want out of DA and McHale. And some of that I put on the coaching staff. And since Monty is the face of that, I'll give him a C. Uh, okay. He's another guy that I think that that could could escalate quickly once these guys come back. But I also haven't got a good Montyism from him this year. That's true. So it's been so a while. That's that's part of it. If you give me a good Montyism, I give him a B. So yeah, it's been a while. Let's uh, let's move on to the next one. By the way, uh, Joe in the chat. Thanks for being. Uh, in the chat, Joe, not just uh, asking the question on Twitter. Uh, Svank96 on Twitter said, what do you, uh, what would you do with Chris Paul either this season or next, and what do you think the team does with him? Uh, I don't think the team does anything with him this season, and I wouldn't either. I think a lot of people are talking about we just need to trade Chris Paul, and Chris Paul is clearly not the all-NBA caliber player he was last year. He's no longer the second option. He can't be that guy anymore, but he's still been good. Like He's still been a a very good shooter, a lot better than last year, and he's still been one of the league's best facilitators. Um, I think part of the disappointment with, with Chris Paul not being able to take over games anymore is no one else has filled that role, if you're talking about McHale or DA or Cam Johnson. Um, so I don't think anything happens with him this season. I do think this summer, depending on how the next few months go, what moves they make and how Chris Paul looks in the playoffs, if they get there, you need to consider trading him or waving and stretching him, which for those of you who are unfamiliar with how that works, um, only 15.8 million of his 30.8 million salary next year is guaranteed. And the following year, which is the last year of his contract, all 30 million is non-guaranteed. So what they can do using the stretch provision, it allows you to divide up the money he's owed over the number of years left on his contract, which is one times two plus one year. So it would be over three years. Um, so they would be stretching the guaranteed money, about $16 million over those three years and paying about $5.3 million over each of those three years. So that's all that will count towards the cap, correct? Yes. Is the and five which will give them some some relief, but still I don't believe enough to get you in the big Nowhere finish. near enough to give you like max contract money, which is why a player that we'll talk about doesn't really make sense to me as a free yeah. agency target. Um, 
teams can negotiate a reduced salary as part of a buyout with the stretch and wave provision there. Um, but I, I don't I don't know. It's tough because Chris Paul and I don't want this to get, be lost on anybody. I, how quickly I've seen Suns fans turn on Chris Paul and like dump him. He's he's trash. He's buns. Like, okay. Look at where he got your team compared to three years ago. The I don't want to hear people talk about loyalty with these players anymore when this is the reaction you get when a Hall of Famer who helped you get to the finals for just the third time in your franchise's existence is turned on that quickly um, and, and becomes a salary dump. But I do think they need a successor plan. They need something to back him up for the future, and they don't right now because they've whiffed on those chances in the draft and they haven't been able to find one in free agency. I think trade is probably their best avenue to doing that. But it's unclear whether Monty and Book would be okay with them. It's definitely not going to happen midseason, but in the offseason, you're going to have to find a definitive upgrade on Chris Paul in the locker room, on the court, and for the future, uh, both short-term and long-term, and that's difficult to do. Yeah, look, if there were some opportunity to to move Chris Paul and you could get something back, I, of course I would consider it, right, mm-hmm. uh, at this point. Because even... Even beyond this year, we know the shelf life is limited mm-hmm. with Chris Paul. Uh, so if there were an opportunity you could get something of value, of true value back, I'd, I'd listen. But I think you're right. I think we've been very quick to cast him aside mm-hmm. and just be like, well, it's over. He fell off the cliff. Well, there's probably factors going into that. I don't think that Chris Paul is washed, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think we're there. So I definitely keep him through this year because you know what we always said Chris Paul Devin Booker they need to to rest some they need to they need to sit out well guess what the injuries did kept them off the court for a decent amount of time right mm-hmm. so maybe just maybe all of a sudden they have the fresh legs come playoffs because of this now it's going to take work to get there they're sitting at 12th I'm not denying that but the west is bunched up enough where I think you can make that move uh, and you could wind up in that position. So I, right now, I would keep Chris Paul, and then I'd explore the what are my options at point guard? Is there somebody I think I can get in this offseason via trade or free agency that I'm comfortable with? And if the answer is yes, then I look at that stretch provision. I, I save the cap space, and I say, hey, Chris, I appreciate everything. We appreciate everything you did, mm-hmm. but – it's best for for us moving forward. Right. And I, and I think that's, I want to clarify, I'm not saying Chris Paul is untouchable by any means or the Suns should stay loyal to him and ride out the remainder yeah. of his contract. Obviously, he's his career is not heading in the right direction compared to where the Suns need to be going. Um, but I will say that loyalty thing as far as James Jones, Monty, Devin Booker, I have like 0% faith that they would trade him in the middle of the season. Chris Paul is not the type of guy that you do that mid-season because a lot of these teams that are looking to make a splash in the playoffs at the trade deadline, they already, they're already set at point guard. So you you need to be looking for a team in the offseason that is kind of like a young team with promise like the Suns were, like the Oklahoma City Thunder were before that, that would look at his contract and be like, yeah, we don't mind paying him that if he helps us improve as a locker room culture because you're also not going to just banish Chris Paul to some losing situation. So it's a, it's a difficult line to straddle as far as, okay, who's a team that could use a good point guard to help their locker room, but also doesn't need him to be the best or second best guy on the floor. There's a limited number of teams that fit that description. There's two teams mm-hmm. that I, I think would be in play. One, I would never do the Lakers mm-hmm. because they're always going to be in play uh, for, for anybody with a, a sizable name, but the Knicks, Mm-hmm. Knicks could be a franchise that mm-hmm. we've seen willing to part with value in order to get a name. Potentially, but they've they just signed Jalen Brunson to that big contract. So True. I don't I don't know if they would be in on that. Um but yeah, I, I think you the wait. Knicks Nick though. So they, they do, might. they do. But <laughs> I would I'm I'm looking ahead to the summer and I'm waiting to see how the draft shakes out. Um also the stretch provision can only be used between July 1st and August 31st. So uh that wouldn't be something you do midseason either. Um and you couldn't get cutesy and do that and then re-sign them to less. Right. So you would need to wait to see how team seasons pan out, which teams are rebuilding, which teams are trying to make a move up the the ladder um, and see where Chris Paul kind of fits in the lay of that land. By the way, chat, girthlings, if you want your questions answered, 
smash the like button. If we don't get to 75, I'm not answering your questions. <laughs> so you can jaw all you want in mm. the chat, but your questions get answered when I get what I want. <laughs> so uh, I, Yveni Kogosov, I'm terrible at uh a pronunciation on Twitter says, basketball-related, predict who each of you think will be uh, our number two by the start of next season. And non-basketball-related, what's your most anticipated movie of the year? Okay, let's let's do the number two option first. Yeah. Someone who's not currently on the roster. That's exactly my I, I don't know who it is. I can't predict the future like that. Um, I would love to look you in the face and say, it's Pascal Siakam, here he comes. But like, I don't, I don't know who it's going to be. I just know that... Chris Paul, his time has passed on that number two option. Mikhail Bridges and DA, we've seen that one lacks the mindset and one lacks the skill set uh, to be that number two option. So it's it's someone that they have to make a splash for either at the trade deadline or over the summer. I agree. Uh, I also don't have a name, but a name I think you should keep tabs on just because where Matt Ishbia went to school and he's a free agent. Do mm-hmm. you know who I'm going with? Draymond Green. Oh boy, Michigan that's your State. number two option. No, I don't think he'll be the number two option. I okay. just think he'll he'll wind up being rumored here just because okay. of that. Uh, for me, I'm going to start the movie one. Yeah, go ahead, I, go ahead. Because I am. I, yeah, I, it's the Flash for me. Okay. It, it, simply because we've heard there's been so much surrounding that film. There's now reports that some who have watched it say it's on par with The Dark Knight. Now, I don't believe that. There's no way no. this film's on par Nothing with is. The Dark Knight. <laughs> but that's at least encouraging to me. And I get to relive, relive my childhood because Michael Keaton reprises his role as Batman in it. That is – okay. I'm I'm irrationally excited for a movie that likely will be a complete and utter dumpster fire. Wait, so I, I haven't caught up because there's been so many subsequent – reports about what he's up to in Hawaii and all this shit, but is it, is it still Ezra Miller as the Flash? This is Ezra Miller's Flash, the okay. one that they've been working on. Uh, he okay. pled guilty to one of his things, I right. guess. But, I, I, I can't, yeah, I can't with that But guy. this is where he's time traveling all yeah, these different yeah. universes. You could easily wind up with a right. new Flash by the end of it if they have to go that route. All sorts of things. <laughs> I'm, hope just, so. I'm excited. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're higher on DC movies than I am, though. Um, Irrationally, so there's no right. reason I should be. <laughs> yeah, I just love Batman uh, unconditionally. So I had three that I can't really decide between. The new Ant Man actually looks incredible. I think Jonathan okay. Majors is going to crush it as Kang, which he already did in Loki. For those of you who haven't seen that series, um, and we haven't gotten a new Marvel show movie in like four months, so I'm I'm ready for that. Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer. I'm, I mean, Christopher Nolan is always really good. And I'm also curious because apparently he legitimately blew up a bomb to film this. What amounted to a city size. Area. I'm still not clear on those details. Um, and then guardians of the galaxy three. Cause I think that'll be great. The send off. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you on, uh, on all those, uh, on all those, by the way, code says Val Kimmer's the bat, bat, best Batman. I don't care what you say. Uh, no, he's not. <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to get into that debate. We can have that a whole nother time mm-hmm. if you want, but that is not true in any way, shape, or form. Oppenheimer is going to be interesting too because mm-hmm. at least part of it's in black and white. Yeah. So I, I, I love is. I love when uh, when Christopher Nolan messes with the genre. Yeah. So. And Cillian Murphy's great. And oh, I do have to give a shout out to the Super Mario Brothers movie because I'm cautiously optimistic that'll be okay. We'll see. <laughs> you know We'll, see. <laughs> we'll bring up we'll bring up that there's another question coming up where we can discuss a little bit more on that okay. front, I believe. Uh so next is Aaron B41015. Uh yeah, a lot of numbers there. <laughs> what do you guys think is the best course of action at this point? Make some kind of trade and push for Cam and Book to return to try and make the playoff run or give those guys more time and not worry about making big moves this season as the playoffs seem to be a big uphill battle. I am not going to claim to have the foresight to know which will end up being the better option, whether they just kind of naturally tank the season away because they're too hurt or whether they continue to try and push for the playoffs. But I can't tell you what they're going to do. They're going to push for the playoffs. They're going to try and make a trade, hopefully. Um, You just like we've been through the tanking seasons with Devin Booker. They're not going to do that unless 
like guys just keep getting hurt. And I don't even think it would be intentional because it hasn't no. been intentional at this point. It's not like they've been keeping guys off the court. You know, let's let's tank for Wemby. Um, they're only three games out of fifth place in the West right now, as bad as it's been since December. Um, they're only four and a half games out of fourth, which is home court advantage. Mm. Um, and they're only one and a half games out of the sixth seed, which is avoiding the plan situation altogether. Obviously, there's still going to be some time that passes between now and when you get Booker back, when you see Cam Johnson back to the Cam Johnson we know, campaign's still out, Chris Paul's uncertain for tomorrow, now Josh Okoge might have a broken nose like it hasn't let up, so it's not going to get better anytime soon, but there's no way in hell that anyone on this team thinks like, oh yeah, it's just a lost season, we're screwed. This team fully believes when we get healthy in the next couple of weeks, we're going to put a run together. We're going to be that 15 and six team that we started off the season as when everybody was healthy and when Booker was carrying us and we're going to be a playoff team and we're going to make some noise. Like I I don't think they've lost sight of that goal. And I don't think the fans, I know that it's really bad right now, but look at the reasons why it's bad. And it's because you don't have four or five starters available the last couple of games. Like I think if they get healthy, they can make a legitimate playoff run. Look for me, it's simple. If I'm going to buy a lottery ticket and have a shot at something, mm-hmm. I want a shot at the Larry O'Brien. Mm-hmm. We talked about it on this program before, but that's the reason they're out there. That's why this team was put together. And I'd rather take that chance because, hey, guess what? We have a number one pick. And you realize you don't know if until you know. Like nothing is guaranteed. And Some I get, of us knew. I, I, but look, <laughs> I get that, that Wemby – See, Wembyama seems like it, it, he's a foregone conclusion, right? Mm. Would be great. We don't know. Injuries could happen. Anything could happen. Yeah. But so I'd rather take my chance because let's be frank. If they get in the draft lottery, their chances are going to be probably just as as astronomical as their chances to win the title if they get in. If everybody's healthy. I'd rather go that route nine times out of ten. If it mm. naturally happens that they tank because they don't have the horses, fine. Right. I'm a hundred percent fine with that if it comes to that because that's natural. You're not you, you're not pulling an affront to the athletic process. You're simply losing because you can't win because you don't have your players, and that is that is one hundred percent fine with me if it goes that route. But if they're if guys are healthy. You play them and you you run with it. I, I want to see them have a chance. Yeah, I think it's a win-win if you are able to take a step back outside of the fandom for a second and look at it objectively like, okay, we're either going to get healthy and put a run together and make the playoffs and maybe shock some people or we're going to be too injury prone and we're going to miss the playoffs and we're going to end up with a lottery pick. Like this is still a good core and adding a lottery pick to it mm-hmm. is a good thing, although we obviously have our doubts and reservations about this front office's treatment of the draft. That's a separate thing though. Yeah. I, I'm like, like I said, I'm, I'm happy with that situation, but don't try to manufacture a chance at Wembenyama at this point. I think that would be a mistake. Next mm. we have Mendez, 1845, 78, 753. Uh, <laughs> what's mm. with all the numbers? This uh, is like a full blown phone, phone number with eight, area codes and everything. Eight six seven five three zero nine. Do you believe <laughs> that there is a rift between Aiton and Monty, or is it a media narrative? It's a media narrative. <laughs> I I have thoughts on this on this subject, well, and that's a been, good time to get. Yeah, them. I've been trying to figure out the way to articulate them because, as we know, you say anything positive or negative about Da, you're going to have the other half of Sun's Twitter on your ass real quick. But <laughs> so write it down the middle, Jared. No, as far, yeah. <laughs> you try. Um, as far as Monty and DA are concerned, I do think there is something to the fact that they don't see eye to eye on everything. I think Monty and the Suns see DA primarily as a pick and roll rim runner, a mid-range outlet, an offensive rebounder, a defensive anchor. And I think Aiton wants to do more than that. And he, you know, he told us at the beginning of last season he hates his big man duties. Um, and he, I think it stems from a place of thinking that, look, I did all of that stuff during our finals run and I didn't get paid because I didn't get my chance to prove I can do more and be a max contract player. Um, but I also don't think he's always been the most aware of who he is as a player and what skill sets he brings to the table, like what he's actually capable of. Cause we've seen him talk about how he wants to be a four man, how he wants to play in these dual big lineups. How he wants to take more threes and create more on offense. And it's like, 
okay, but it's not just a matter of like getting more reps at these things. It's a matter of actually having the skill set to do those things in an NBA game. Oh, look, he has the green light to shoot the threes now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, sort of, but like he's still not, <laughs> he's not good at them either. No. So like, I don't know. He like, he doesn't have a handle to create more on offense. He doesn't have post moves outside of the jump hook to go to. Um, so people complaining about entry passes and not running the offense through DA, like we've seen it the last couple of games, this is kind of what you get. So I, I think people have definitely blown it out of proportion um, but I think it's like any other work relationship when you work with someone that you don't totally see eye to eye with. It's it's not always going to be perfect, but at the end of the day, they've proven they can accomplish great things together. Like it, it's a tightrope act of balancing the good of the team with what Aiton believes he can do and, and keeping everybody happy. And sometimes tempers flare and sometimes you don't see eye to eye. But I, I do think it's been overblown, even if I will definitely acknowledge that they're not 100% on the same page all the time. Yeah, I, and I think that's natural. I mean, you're going to wind up having that. Even uh, even the greats have had issues uh, at times like that. I don't think that mm -hmm. causes a, is necessarily a rift. What I never understood with that mentality from DA was the fact that, oh, I did this in the playoffs, but I didn't get paid. Yeah, because you didn't do it consistently enough at other times. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't because you played – and did the big man things that you didn't get paid. It's because you didn't do it often enough. Mm -hmm. And when you did it, it looked amazing, mm -hmm. right? And some of this, you got to imagine, had to do with the guy signing the checks too. Mm -hmm. So, so many layers, but I don't think this is a rift between Monty and DA. A generic Suns fan, which is one of my favorite handles on Twitter <laughs> because it's it's ridiculous and yet funny, says, how do you make an Aiton-Fred Van Vliet deal make sense? Aiton and Crowder for Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. picks? How do you make it work? You happen to cover this subject, uh, didn't you? I mean, shortly you don't. <laughs> I mean, I mean that, technically that deal does work, the, the Aiton and Crowder for – Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent. Um, but I wrote about it on gophnx.com today, actually, as far as the Fred Van Vliet rumors, because Shams reported the other day uh, that the Suns and the Magic are apparently interested in Van Vliet in free agency this summer. Which that part makes no sense. It makes zero sense, sense whatsoever. You're not going to have the money. For a number of reasons. Like, okay, A, what are you going to do with Chris Paul? Um, like he's not going to be a $30 million backup and good luck convincing Fred Van Vliet. Hey, come sign with us for near max money to be our sixth man. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. And if you're trading Chris Paul elsewhere, okay, to who? Like who's going to want Chris Paul? We talked about this earlier in the show. There is a limited number of teams that make sense as a Chris Paul trade suitor. Um, and if you trade Aiton in this, in this scenario at the deadline, like what are you doing at center? Like, okay, you can roll with jock. You can roll with busy. But now your depth say, is shorter. Say it a little quieter. But now your depth is shorter <laughs> and your ceiling at that spot is much lower. Um, you probably have to engineer another trade for like a Jakob Pertl or so someone who's capable of being a starting caliber guy. Um, and and I'm sorry, but like Van Vliet, are we even sure that he is that good? Like he's not bad. He's better than his shooting numbers this season. But he's shooting 38% overall and 33% from three. And he'll turn 29 next month. He's undersized at six foot one. And he's looking to get paid this summer. Like I, I read in a Raptors reporter's article that Tyler Hero's four-year $130 million extension is the baseline of what he's looking for. I, I'm sorry. I just don't feel comfortable paying a soon-to-be 29-year-old point guard 30-plus million unless I'm sure he's an upgrade on Chris Paul. And I'm just not at this point. Yeah, and I feel like the only way you'd be able to do it in the offseason is sign and trade, mm -hmm. which then, okay, you're, complicated. You're, you're stretching Chris Paul. You're likely moving DA in that deal because there was also reports that uh, that Toronto has interest or at least has been monitoring DeAndre Ayton. Mm -hmm. So then, okay, so you've basically swapped issues at that point. Right. I just, I don't I don't see it unless somehow you interest Toronto in taking your poo poo platter of expiring contracts for Fred mm -hmm. Van Vliet and some draft compensation, and you get him in here with the hopes of we can sign him to whatever under our salary cap now that he's here, and you stretch provision. Uh, Chris Paul, but all of that just seems like giant leaps uh, right. to, to assume would happen. You have to do a ton if you're trying to trade for him now and it hurts you because if the Raptors are interested in DA, that's what they're going to want. And then your center spot is 
screwed and you're overpaying for two undersized point guards, one of whom has to now embrace a six man role. Or if you're looking at free agency, like they've got 131 million on the books between Booker, DA, Chris Paul, Bridges, and Landry Shamit already. So that's only what, five players for 131 mil. The salary cap's 134 mil. So you have to somehow shed enough money below that amount to fit in Fred Van Vliet's max contract and then fill out the rest of the uh, the roster with only a mid-level and biannual? Like, yeah. I, I just don't see yeah, it. The, the only way you would would do it is if you had, had his bird rights and you could mm-hmm. absorb it in there. Like, to me also, it, it, what it does say is the, the Suns are thinking about their point guard future. That's good. I think that that's what it solidifies or – Signals to me, and that's what you need. Uh, next one, the burrito sore, which is another uh, great. That's a, that's uh, a great, great one. Twitter name. <laughs> What's Espo's vote in Gerald's community versus it's always sunny in <laughs> Philadelphia poll, and why? First off, why did you launch a community v sunny in, in Philadelphia poll? So I'm I'm wrapping up my binge watch of Atlanta, and I had recently been watching Mythic Quest, and there's a lot of overlap with the casts mm-hmm. of both Community and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and these are two comedy classes that I've never dived into fully yet. So yeah, so I'm going through and I'm going to watch both. But my question to the community was, which one should come first? And the the consensus in the in the people that were responding was community is the first three seasons are fantastic. And then it kind of drops off when Donald Glover leaves. It's always sunny is tougher to get into. And it's like 13 seasons, but it's consistently been fantastic. So I agree with the chat. Okay. The first three seasons of Community Mm. are some of the best situational comedy Mm -hmm. you will see, particularly on network television. Mm -hmm. It is... It is brilliant and Mm -hmm. in in the kind of way that you enjoy. Fast, quick-witted, funny, uh, kind of pushes the boundaries and is very meta. Mm. Dan Harmon, who (laughs) also does Rick and Morty, that we like... Get captain the first three seasons. Okay. So you get a lot of that. You know, the, there there's a diehard episode. There's all these mm. things that are referential to other things in pop culture. Okay. Some of the, my favorite characters mm. uh, in TV too. There, so I would definitely start there. Mm. I love Always Sunny. I I I haven't made. I got to go back and watch some of the seasons. I missed a bunch of them, mm. but the beginning of that. You'll get into you'll enjoy that as well. But I definitely start with community. It's one of my top ones. When it dipped was when Harmon left. They, okay. He left and then came back in the last season, I think. But get into community. You'll you'll thank me and you'll thank your Twitter followers. Okay. Start there, but definitely watch both. So. I think that was my plan because it's only like five seasons compared to like thirteen or fourteen for it's always sunny. So it might just make more sense yeah, time wise. <laughs> in the later seasons that aren't as good, but still good. You get a a, uh, a guy who steps into a role that was uh, was in Breaking Bad oh, okay. and, uh, and Better Call Saul. So okay, I like that. I, and it, it plays against type. So okay, uh, mid. I really should have read. I think it's Migioso. Migioso. You think <laughs> as an Italian, I would have gotten that uh, on Twitter. Says going by your Twitter at Gerald Bourget is a fan of TV shows. Why he goes this way? What are your top five movies? <laughs> Espo, what are your top five movies as well? You, uh, you, I'm going to go with seven. Is one of them? What's in the box? <laughs> Surprisingly, not one of my top five movies. Gerald, I'll, I'll start here, okay. and uh, I'm going to be frank. Mm. Uh, I, I'm not a conventional top five movie list. Okay. Uh, this goes based on rewatchability is really important. Yes, me. it is. Uh, you can have a great movie that I can only stomach to watch once. Mm. And that does not make it, you know, it doesn't take away from the greatness in the first watch, but in my top five, I want rewatchable. Yeah. So, uh, in no particular order, the dark Knight. Okay. It's a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. Fight Club because I'm always for a good mind screw movie. That's probably one that'll get me the most crap. The Godfather and Back to the Future. Okay. Back to the Future is a, and you know, all of them probably are, it's something I could watch anytime it's on, on TV. So that's why it makes it in there. That's my, no, I like those. And I feel like a lot of those are regarded as cinema classics or cult Mm -hmm. classics in some way mine might be a little more niche than yours honestly mine just appeals straight to the nerdy fandoms that i have um v for vendetta is my favorite movie of all time love that movie 
Dark Knight, also in my top five. Um, Star Wars Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back, Dumb and Dumber, oh, for rewatchability. Nice, I like. And that. Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers, my favorite Lord of the Rings I, movie. You know, I, I don't partake in the same I know, geeky I know. sandbox, <laughs> but I understand mm -hmm. uh, what what you say there, and mm -hmm. I respect that. And I think Dumb and Dumber is is a very good call. I think underappreciated mm -hmm. at this point. It is. You know, in its time was popular, but I think it's it's certainly underappreciated. So, uh, good call on that. I'm sure we'll take some flack <laughs> from some people online. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move to Discord for some of our questions. Our friend Sundress Dunks, or as I call him, Sundress Punk, on <laughs> our Discord says, now less than a month till the All-Star break, what are your All-Star teams? Will Devin be selected? Will any sons make the festivities? I didn't go full. Here's all my uh, all my lines mm. or all my lineups, uh, but I did go with a handful uh, of a starting five for the West. I, I didn't. You're getting the West and you're getting five. That's it, <laughs> right? Uh, I'm gonna go. Lori Markkinen, LeBron, John Morant, Jokic, and Shea Gildress Alexander. There's okay. one name. That is omitted there. <laughs> I know I will take crap for it. Mm -hmm. But to me, Shea has shocked the world in keeping OKC in the mix. It mm. has stats that are otherworldly. I think he deserves the nod in that starting lineup. That's not to say he who shall not be named but where 77 in Dallas <laughs> shouldn't make the team. Yeah. I just think uh, I, I think that's what it should be. Okay. Um, my four guards, Luka Doncic, Stephen Curry, John Morant, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Uh, the front court, six players, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Zion, Laurie Markkinen, Paul George, DeMontis Sabonis. My two wild cards are De'Aaron Fox. And then I'm hoping Devin Booker will come back soon enough to fill out that other wild card spot. He's only played 29 games so far. He's going to miss a good deal more before he returns. So it's tough. If not him, Damian Lillard has been great. Um, he's only played three more games in book at this point, but he is currently healthy. So that lead is going to grow in his favor. Uh, will Booker be selected? Probably not. I, I feel like people have forgotten. And because the main storyline around the Suns is how much they're struggling, it would take a big turnaround for the team and him coming back and being part of it with enough games to spare for him to get selected. I, I think he's probably going to wind up being, um, the, uh, the one who gets cut there. I injury replacement if book gets in. I, I think if he if he comes back and plays, yeah, if he gets in, it'll be because somebody else uh, drops out of there. I think there is a very 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 minute chance that Da gets a look there uh, if and he'd have to have a big uh, few weeks leading up to when reserves are. That'd selected, be the weirdest so. All Star selection yeah. I can remember in a while. And festivities, if. They do not put Damian Lee in the three-point contest. <laughs> yeah. I am rioting. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the only one because skills competition, that could honestly be anybody. They Let's just put throw away the skills Please. Oh, my God. You want <laughs> – hey, he's a max guy. Let's see what he can do. Oh, oh man. We're right. setting ourselves up for failure <laughs> on that one. Rick in the Discord says, besides Last of Us, which video game, movie, slash show adaptation have you enjoyed? Okay, like The Last of Us, the first episode was fantastic. I'm really excited for that. I'd go with Castlevania on Netflix. It's really Ooh, good. Never seen it. Yeah, it's only, I think it's only like three or four seasons, so it's not a super long binge, but the art style is really cool. It's very vulgar and violent, and um, it, it's a great one. I would go with, uh, well, you could consider the new NBA the uh, adaptation of NBA Jam. I mean, <laughs> it's threes and dunks. I mean, that, but yeah. I won't count that. Uh, I'm going to say, and people are going to think this is insane, and I know it is. Oh, boy. The original no. Mario Brothers movie. I knew movie, you were going there. You're just, crazy. <laughs> just for hate watching. There is nothing better oh. than hate watching that that show, oh, that, that movie. So I'll go there. Uh, let's hurry up. We got uh, a couple more here. Uh, Durky Wicks, tw 2004. What? <laughs> what blood magic spells do we need to practice to break the curse that is being an Arizona sports fan? I say ask you because you're the one that tried to sell your soul to the devil in the offseason, yeah, and clearly I, it didn't work. I did, and I got cents on the dollar. <laughs> Apparently, I forgot to specify I wanted them to win. Damn. 
Look, that's I mean, brutal when you sell your soul to the devil, and the devil's like, "I'm going to need more on yeah. that." <laughs> yeah, can you give me Gerald's soul? He seems pure of heart uh, instead of Espo. Look, I think it comes down to we need to find the 1964 Kennedy half dollar that was used mm-hmm. in the 1969 coin toss, mm-hmm. melt it down, and destroy it, even though it's a federal crime. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the only way we can break this. That's mm-hmm. where where it started. And one more: Aiton and Gobert bump into each other at a bar. Who apologizes? For inconveniencing the other. I mean, Gobert's free throw rate is like almost triple DA, so I'm going to say DA apologizes first. Gobert is French, though. He is. Uh, not that I'm saying. But he, you see the way he kind of like struts around, though, on the court. Yeah, I don't think. I either. don't think he's apologizing to anybody. I don't think either of them apologize. I think they both fall down and hurt themselves. <laughs> oh, shit. And they don't apologize. Oh, uh, you want to bet on things like this? Well, you can't sure. do it on underdog because nobody would let you bet on something that ridiculous. But if you want to have some fun, underdog fantasy in the underdog fantasy app is where it's at. The pick them is the best, higher, lower in certain statistical categories. There's nothing easier. If you bet on five things in there, you get them all right. You're going to get 20 times your money. Or you can use insurance, and if you get four right, you can get 10 times your money. I highly recommend it. Go ahead and check that out. It's easy to get started. Go to the Underdog Fantasy uh, underdogfantasy.com or download the app, sign up with the promo code PHNX, and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. And shout out to our friends over at Mountain Mike's Pizza who provided us with some delicious pizza, not only here in the office yesterday, but at our tea party uh, the other night out at Dobson Ranch Golf Club. It was spectacular. So if you're looking for uh, some great pizza this weekend, I'm saying this weekend as if we're already there. We're close. It's Wednesday. Is that what day it is? (laughs) You're almost to the weekend. Keep plugging along. If you want some great pizza, head over to mountainmikespizza.com or to their Mesa, Chandler, or Tucson locations to place your next order. Reminder, all you diehards out there, you get $50 in free Mountain Mike's Pizza using your voucher when you sign up, and it is well worth it. Gerald, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, thank you guys all for the questions. Hopefully Cam Johnson coming back is just the the first snowball um, with lots of guys <laughs> coming back soon and getting this season back on track a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Thank you to everybody that, uh, you know, we sent in questions and even if the craziest ones and all of you shorten <laughs> the numbers on your Twitter handle. I'm going to be the old man, get off my lawn. <laughs> uh, so don't forget, you can follow myself or actually, myself at Espo, you can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. You can follow the show at PHNX underscore Suns. We'll be back tomorrow, 30 minutes before the game, which is 7.30. It's a TNT tip for Suns at Nets. And remember, just because you ask a question doesn't mean you're going to get the answer you want. Ahoy, hoy. Style is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX though. Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. Y'all always rep the family. Rally in the valley like.